Welcome to Alec Feldman, the podcast from Wizard Radio. We've taken his show, broadcast live on Saturdays between 3 and 5, then cut out the songs, news, and other bits that aren't very interesting, leaving you with about an hour-ish of sweet, juicy content. Mmm, mmm, mmm content. Just one more thing. Don't bother sending in any messages, we'll probably never see them. You may be charged, but your entry won't be counted. Because this isn't live, obviously. It's a podcast. It's already happened. In the past. To get involved, just listen live on Saturdays between 3 and 5 on Wizard Radio Station. I'd like to be able to say you won't regret it, but I can't. This is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Oh man, a <laughs> guide about crafts being cancelled. Anyway, I have even, even, even worse news. So you know, you know NASA, the the space people. They've run some calculations. They've run some simulations, and they have been worried for quite some time that there might be a massive asteroid that hits planet Earth. Um, but they've run the calculations, and it transpires that that the planet, in fact, won't be hit by a massive asteroid for at least the next hundred years. You're kidding me. First crafts, and now this. It's Saturday. It's three o'clock. Now, live from Manchester, Alec Feldman. Oh, that's great. Will Joseph Cook and Chloe Moriondo be around me on Wizard Radio, Lil Huddy, and the eulogy of you and me before that. How is it going? It's Alec here. I'm on again. It's me. You okay? How's your week been? I am knackered. I'm really, I don't know why. I haven't done anything different to how I normally do anything, but I am knackered. So, um, during the show today, I'll probably be, if anything, overcompensating, but also slightly, slightly delirious. I think it could be fun, basically. So, don't go anywhere. We'll have a nice time, I, I, I promise. I know that sounds a bit desperate, but we will. Coming up, what an offer I have for you. Two hours of the following things. Cheese news. Helicopters. Pennies. The world's worst parent and manual skills. Have you forgotten any of them? Plus, now this is this is very exciting. We do have an exclusive interview with a very special guest. I'll tell you about that in a second. But if you like any of those things, if you like cheese, if you like helicopters, do you like pennies? Do you like parents? Any of those things, maybe even manual skills. If any of that takes your fancy, don't move. Just keep listening and I will I will wash over you in a good way. Um, and also coming up. Nessa Barrett plays next. I've got that good Griff song playing and Cardi B in the next 20-ish minutes. So so really, no excuse. Sit down and, and listen. That sounds very aggressive. Before we do any of that, though, I would like to, I guess, just tell you tell you where my head's at this week, tell you what I like, tell you what I don't like, just because, you know, we all do it. We go through phases of being obsessed with things and then we forget about them forever. So here are the worst and best things in the world this week the worst thing you know what there's not a lot that's really annoying me this week or that's kind of angered me or inspired strong emotions of hatred or rage which is nice um so it was actually kind of hard picking the worst thing in the world this week because you know what this is all good it's all good in the hood however i think um even just for, for sort of the purpose of the show i think the worst thing in the world this week um, I've gone with um, Pretty Patel's really expensive eyebrows. Um, sp- spent about was it seventy thousand pounds getting her eyebrows done. Um, I believe it was government money. I think um, I'll have to check that. Don't don't sue me or uh, deport me. Um, but um, that that's a lot of money to spend on some eyebrows. And I'll be honest, I've seen a photo. They do just look like normal eyebrows. Um, so I, I don't really know why that's happened, especially her because she's I don't think she's very nice but she's got lots of expensive eyebrows if I were her I think I would take eyebrow advice from Chris Whitty I imagine he hasn't spent a penny of government money on eyebrows and you know what even though I don't know that for a fact I respect him more for it so I think I think the the thing I would like to nominate for the worst thing in the world this week is Pretty Patel's eyebrows um sorry not sorry however um i'm in quite a good mood so some good things have happened in the world this week in my world in the world one of them is the fact that i went on a walk this week with with someone now i think that's that's loud i, I lose track but I, you know i'm trying um 
and it was the girl I used to live with, right? Back in the day, do you remember when I was in Leeds and I had all these housemates? There was a Geordie one, there was one other boy, there was someone that stole my toothbrush, and there was a girl who was from Bolton, and I called her Boltonian girl, and it turns out Bolton, really not that far away from where I live, which is in Manchester, which is south of Bolton. So I went for a walk, and it was really sunny outside, and I had a nice catch, and I was like, oh my god, it's so nice to see someone, a different person, to chat to someone different that's not in the same, like, two people that exist in my bubble normally. Not that there's anything wrong with them, it's just nice, a refreshing change. It's like the old days when people had friends. Oh, it was great. I had a lovely time. So that I would like to nominate as one of the best things in the world this week, which I know is a bit, a bit, what's the word? I don't know. A bit wet, could I call it that? Yeah, but you know what? It's it's nice. It made me happy. So that was one thing. However, better than that, the best thing in the world this week, indisputably, there are zero other contenders. It's the boat. <laughs> it's the boat that's stuck on the Suez Canal. It's just so funny. I don't really know what I can add to it that hasn't already been said, but it's just really funny <laughs> that there's a massive cruise liner that's wedged in, in a canal. It writes itself. Nobody could invent that. It's just great and the fact that there's loads of other boats stuck behind it and there are the memes. I love the memes. I'm just, I'm living for it. I'm here for it. The fact that this could go on for, for weeks or months, even better. It's great. It's funny. Um, there might be a point at which it stops being funny. I don't know. But at the moment, genuinely hilarious. Um, I'm here for it. So well done to the boat. But listen, I know I said I had a, an exclusive an interview, a big guest on the show today. And I, I can now reveal, because it's been it's been five minutes, um, that the exclusive guest that I have on the show at ten past four today is the boat. I've got the actual cargo ship that's stuck on the Suez Canal. I've I've talked to some people. I've made some contacts. I've got a friend of a friend of a friend, and now I will be speaking on the phone to the canal boat live from the Suez Canal in about one hour's time so you don't want to miss that it's an exclusive nobody else will be able to interview this boat but i will and so that is coming up at 10 past four don't miss it next though do you like cheese do you hate cheese either way keep listening for cheese news that's next after nessa barrett and lardy die on wizard radio wizard radio with nessa barrett and Jaden. lardy die playing hi it's alec feldsman but i'm about to transform because it is time for cheese news. Just call me um, uh, Hugh Chedwoods um, because it's time for some some news about cheese. Um, do you like cheese? Do you hate cheese? Either way, you might be interested to know these things about cheese. Um, I'll be honest, it's not a great time for cheese, which is why I'm doing cheese news. Just read two things today about cheese, which is um, they're quite sad, basically. Um, so I wanted to share the breaking cheese news with you this afternoon. The first bit of cheese news I have for you is uh, it's Brexit cheese news. Um, basically, because of because of Brexit, um, it's really expensive to send British cheese to Europe to like sell it. So there's loads of cheese companies who are like, "What? We can't we can't do this. It costs like a hundred quid to get the documents to sell a twenty-five pound cheese. Why? What's going on?" And I, f- I think that's quite quite sad, you know. I mean, I, I don't even really like cheese that much. But I, I do like the economy. And I think it's sad for the economy that we can't sell cheese anymore. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's not very exciting. But it is sad that you can't sell cheese in Europe. But the bigger piece of cheese news that I would like to share with you this afternoon, as sad as it is, on this bad day for cheese, um, there's some monks in France. Maybe this is why um, it's so hard to sell cheese in Europe now. It's because of because of this situation. French monks that make cheese, which already I love the idea of. That's just what the monks do. I'm gonna make cheese. Yeah, cool. Cheese making monks, and they also sell cheese, and they are also struggling to sell cheese. Do you see what I mean when I say it's a bad day for cheese? Um, and you know, COVID nineteen is rubbish for all involved including restaurants what do restaurants do they buy cheese what do monks do apparently they make cheese um the monks are still making the cheese the restaurants aren't buying the cheese the result 
the monks have got a lot of cheese that is just sitting there going off. So that is, again, some sad news for cheese. Uh, the amount of cheese that they've got just sitting in a, in a basement in their monastery, which is, again, a wonderful image. Um, it's it's 2.8 tons. That's a lot of cheese. Um, how much is a block of cheddar? Is that like 500 grams? So this is a lot of 500 gram blocks of cheddar are just sat, um, probably going mouldy, underneath a monastery in France. It just just tragic. 4,000 cheeses, too many apparently. That again, a lot of cheese. You can't eat that, even if you're really hungry. You can't eat 4,000 cheeses before they go off, I, I don't think. So, very sad. The mice are probably having a field day, but as far as this, this monk monastery is concerned, it's, it's bad, you know, gotta, gotta make money. Even monks need money. Monks still need to pay for things, and they've got 2.8 tonnes of cheese to shift. So, does anybody want some cheese? Um, 2.8 tonnes of it, or less. I can point you in the right direction. They've, they've shifted 700 kilograms of it so far, but there's still 2.1 tons, I believe. Is that right? No, more than a, t a lot. I don't know the maths. A lot of cheese, basically. So if you like cheese, if you want to save cheese, consider this an appeal to sponsor some cheese so that this monastery can get rid of it and the cheese doesn't just go off and get binned because I would not want to work at the, the um, waste management facility where someone's binned. 2.8 tons of moldy cheese that would be an even worse outcome for everybody so take the what do you think it smells like in that basement actually not even the waste manager oh my god that must be horrible do you think they go in wearing pegs on their noses oh that's that's honestly i hadn't even thought of that but it's just made me feel a bit ill so that is the end of cheese news for the day um if you're a cheese fan save the cheese is what i'm trying to say this is griff and black hole on wizard radio griff black hole this is wizard radio salik here uh, thanks very much for listening appreciate it on the way kali uchis and cardi b right now though i would like to tell you a story i would be the first to admit this probably in a normal world is not the most exciting story ever however this is not the normal world and therefore this this continues to be a highlight of my week, despite the fact it's really not that exciting. What else is there to get excited about? Yes, on the horizon there might be some glimmers of fun again. But right now, I got nothing. So, so just let me tell you this story. Um, there is a purpose to it. And so we will get to the purpose. Basically, um, my relationship with running, as you may have heard me talk about before, is, is patchy. I'll do it for a bit and then get bored and not do it or find it too tiring or get like a blister on a blister and just be like, no, this is too painful. I don't even like exercise. Why am I doing this? Um, at the moment, I'm back on it. I'm doing some runs occasionally, not very far or fast, but I'm doing them. And I was out for one the other week at sort of like, I don't know, tea time, five, six o'clock. And I was in a park and I was not really enjoying it because I'm not very fit and I was just plodding along very slowly really out of breath really sweaty doing a lap of this park and I was sort of around the halfway mark it's really dragging as a run um, but then it suddenly got a whole lot more interesting because as I was running I heard this this helicopter kind of coming quite close overhead and as I progressed around the perimeter of the park the helicopter came into land in the park and everyone in the park was looking like oh wow there's a helicopter that's landed in the park and I was running and I was like oh there's a helicopter landed in the park and then because I'm really nosy I even though even though the run was 50% done and I needed to like turn back and go home I did a second lap of the park purely just so I could go and be nosy and see what the helicopter was actually doing and why it was there um, it was it was the ambulance it was like an air ambulance not the police or anything um, but I don't think they were actually doing any ambulancing because I didn't see anyone being like rushed into there on a stretcher um, It was probably a training exercise, but still in a world where there's no excitement That that to me at the time felt quite exciting seeing a helicopter just land in a park. I don't think I've ever seen that before um, And you know, it was so exciting that I literally did an unnecessary second lap of my run just just to see what this helicopter was about. 
And, and like I said, it's not the most exciting thing in the world, but you have to take these things as they as they present themselves at the moment, because otherwise there's there's nothing else. There's no there's no that's the thing. There's no real unpredictability in life at the moment, is there? In like in your day to day, everything is very predictable. So when a helicopter lands in a park. That, that, you know, I'll be talking about this for weeks. Every person I talk to for the next month, I'll be like, oh, you won't believe it. I saw a helicopter landing in the park, even though in a normal life, it's not that exciting. Um, so listen, if you've got these things that are oddly exciting to you purely because of the predictable nature of the day-to-day life that we are currently leading, um, feel free to tell me about them. I've just told you about a helicopter landing in a park. What about you? What is the most exciting thing that's happened to you this week, today, this month, this year, this decade, this pandemic, whatever? Um, if you've got something that is really, really exciting, even though it might not actually be that exciting, share it with me. We can we can all share the things we're getting probably disproportionately excited about. If you want to do that, the number is this. Write it down, put it in your phone. 07807 183 Eight. You can uh, tweet as well at WizRadio or Instagram, same there, or on the email at station at wizardradio.co.uk. And by the way, if you want to see all of our contact details, they're at wizardradio.co.uk, just saying. Um, so what what is the most exciting thing that's happened to you in recent life? It doesn't have to be very exciting, it just has to be exciting to you, like a helicopter landing in a park, because that, that was kind of cool, at least for... for 10 minutes on a quite boring Wednesday. So let me know 07807 183 538. We can all get excited about them together. I promise I won't I won't be underwhelmed. Probably. I, no, I can't promise that, can I? I'll try it really hard to sound like I'm not underwhelmed and we'll all get excited about it. Right. Coming up, I have Kali Uchis, but now Cardi B and up on Wizard Radio. Live from a slightly funny smelling basement in Manchester. This is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. And telepatia. Do you know what telepatia means? It is Portuguese, according to Google at least, and it means telepathy. So there you go. I bet I bet you didn't know that before, and now you do. Uh, before that was Cardi B and up. Hello, it's Alec Feldman playing that really good Glass Animals song next. I really like that. I'm excited to play that. Um, speaking of excitement, there isn't really any. You have to create your own excitement right now. I got excited about seeing a helicopter landing in a park when I was going for a run. And I want to know what not very exciting things are exciting you at the moment. And we can all feign excitement together and maybe be genuinely excited, hopefully, if we're lucky. Um, Ari has been on, says this week I made a loaf of bread at home because I had a day off school to get tested for Corona. It was actually really fun. I've never made bread from scratch before and watching it rise was so satisfying. The bread uh, tasted uh, disgusting. I don't know how I got it wrong. Completely inedible. Waste of ingredients. But anyway, it was exciting whilst I was making it. Yeah, that was really exciting. A day off to get to get a COVID test. Wow. That is exciting. You get to you get to go to a different place and get the thing stuck up your nose. I mean, what's not exciting about that? I'm I'm excited for you, Ari. And then then you have to wait for the results, and that's that's sort of exciting in like a nervous kind of way, because it's like, oh, will I have COVID? Won't I? Who knows? And in a way, that is somewhat exciting. So there's lots to be excited about here. Um, and that's before you even get to the inedible bread, which is exciting because you get to watch it rise. Exciting. And eat it. Also exciting. Oh, and toppings you can put on bread. They're really exciting. So all in all, there's a lot of excitement going on there, Harry. No, no I mean it. I really do. Um, Tanya says, last Saturday night, I was opening the fridge. A jar of jam smashed onto the kitchen floor. The jam just went everywhere. I've been trying to clean it up, but notoriously very difficult to clean sticky things off the floor because it well it sticks everywhere it's mostly gone but there's still a small sticky patch on the kitchen floor and i have a dog which really shouldn't be eating jam so we've literally had to install a baby gate for the dog so she won't go into the kitchen and lick the jam off the floor so jam followed by baby gate but um ching um how exciting yes i mean 
there's there's a lot of drama involved there. There's high stakes. I'm sure one day, Tony, they will make a movie about this. The glass smashing the race of, of sort of against time to get to the jam and clean it up before the dog does and eats it and then has to be like hospitalized because dogs shouldn't eat jam. There's so much, so much drama and tension there. Like I said, it should be a, a, a film or at the very least a, a low budget um, TV series on, I don't know, Channel 5. Um, it, yeah, very exciting indeed. Jess has been on as well. This is, this is exciting. I thought I saw Harry Styles this week. I mean, that, that would be actually quite exciting. That is kind of a good story. Not that these other stories aren't good. Not that my story about a helicopter isn't good. Um, I was walking down my local high street, which is near where Harry Styles lives in London. I saw a guy from behind who looked exactly like Harry Styles. The same hair, parted the same way, wearing the same sort of clothes that Harry wears. I actually started freaking out. Across the road, I walked faster so I could see if it was him from the side profile. And guess what? It wasn't him. But that three minutes when I thought it might have been him, oh, that was a thrill. I bet it was. Um, you must live in quite a, a fancy place if you share a local high street with Harry Styles. I, I bet it's pretty... Where does Harry... Is it like Primrose Hill, Hampstead, somewhere like that? I bet that's where he lives. Um, how, 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 do you, how would you know like what Harry Styles looks like from behind? I don't think I'd recognise him from behind. Because he just looks like, I'd imagine, just any other guy with kind of longish brown hair. There's a lot of people who have longish brown hair, so I don't know how you could you could just look at someone's rear profile and be like, Harry Styles, has he got a distinctive back? Has he got a distinctive bum? I suppose the dress is kind of distinctive, because he, he always wears these quite interesting outfits. So, yeah, possibly. But then if you're in, like, Primrose Hill or wherever it is that he lives, is everyone not kind of like that? I, I don't know, but they might be. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know necessarily whether this was almost, you know, whether it was logical to get excited about someone that maybe looked like Harry Styles behind. But again, we just have to create our own excitement. Maybe, you know what I th think, Jess? I think, not to put words in your mouth, I think deep down you, you knew that it wasn't actually Harry Styles. But because, because everything else is so boring, you wanted it to be. You convinced yourself that it could have been Harry Styles purely because you know the thrill like you said that must be it but maybe maybe one day you will see the harry styles the harry Styles. you will see harry styles from behind in public and then you know it'll be even more exciting because it will actually be him one day one day um rosie has been on i saw someone getting arrested this week i don't know how or why or any important details but i saw him getting handcuffed he was quite tame to be honest and just kind of accepted it and then he went in the back of the police car, and this was on Monday on my way to school. I've been talking about it every day since. <laughs> wow, your friends must be must be sick of hearing about it. You're like, you, you sort of get into school, and you're like, guys, guys, guess what? On on Monday, I saw someone getting arrested. And they're like, yes, we know. You've told us about it every day. It's Friday. We've heard this story five times. Um, but yeah, that's always... It's always weird when you see people getting arrested. I almost feel embarrassed. I'm kind of think, oh wow, how, how embarrassing they're being arrested in public. You know, if I were to be arrested, I hope you'd just like show up at my house and then. Although then, I suppose you get curtain twitch your neighbours being like, oh look, he's being arrested. There's no real, really dignified way to be arrested, is there? No, no. Um, but I, I do always feel almost, yeah, like I get a second-hand embarrassment for people who are being arrested. But also I'm like, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't really be here. I shouldn't be watching this. This isn't fair. This isn't right. Um, but yeah, and when you watch it on like police shows, like um, one of my favourite shows ever, The Force Manchester, um, um, it always goes one of two ways. You either get the people that are like, yeah, fair play, you got me, and they just go with it. And then you get the people that kick up a right stink, and they're the ones that kind of make good telly. Um, but uh, probably not great for well for i don't already know police people if you're particularly sympathetic to them but basically it is it is somewhat interesting seeing people get arrested you're right and that that can be classed as an exciting thing that happened this week um at, at a stretch mike has a big announcement that he's chosen this program to make he says i'm pregnant 
What? Um, it then goes on to say, not really. Oh, well, that's that's less exciting. The most exciting thing that's happened to me this week, Mike says, um, was was sending that text and giving you the moment in your life, Alec, where you thought I might have been pregnant. Don't ask questions about how a guy could be pregnant. Just accept the shock and say that I fooled you. You fooled me. Uh, good one, Mike. You joker, you. That is a, a classic vintage wind-up. <laughs> oh, that Mike. What's he like? Oh. Uh, is this pandemic over yet? No. Okay. Good. Well. Well. Thank you. I am. I am genuinely uh, excited by all of those exciting things that you have just. You have just told me about. So thank you for giving me all that second-hand excitement we can all share. Oh man, <laughs> this is Glass Animals and Ian Dior with Heat Waves on Wizard Radio. Oh, that's so good. I really, really like it. Glass Animals and Ian Dior. That is Heat Waves. It's on Wizard Radio. Can we can we play it again? It was really good. No. Okay, fine. We'll play it again next week. Uh, hello, it's Alec Feldman. Conan Gray is coming up. We'll do what's going on as well uh, before 4 p.m. We'll get that going. But I would like to share with you a tale of, um, well, some really petty management, essentially. It's happened in America because, as you will know, all stupid things happen in America. And it's a man, a man who left the job. So far, that's quite ordinary because people leave jobs all the time. People get fired from jobs all the time. I've been fired from a job and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't this petty as this guy. He worked at a, a garage, like a car, you know, mechanics, whatever. And um, he he had a bit of a payment dispute. Basically, they didn't they didn't want to give him his last paycheck for whatever reason because they're probably not very nice people. Um, I say probably as the story develops, you'll you'll learn that they're really not nice people. Um, so you know, he did the whole like fighting thing, sending angry letters, phone calls, emails, whatever. He had to ask the like the Department of Labour for the state that he lived in to um, intervene and be like, yo, you have to pay this guy. You owe him $915. That's quite a lot of money. And eventually he won and he got his money and it was delivered in pennies. Literally one, one cent pieces is how he got paid $915. So that's that's what that's multiplied by 100. So that's 9,100. Is it? Is that right? No, 91,500 um, coins. I think if my mental maths is any good. And it, it, he didn't just get get coins, which is kind of annoying. That just got dumped on his driveway. To make it even more frustrating, the mechanic he used to work for covered them all in oil. Um, I don't know why you'd do that, just to make them hard to pick up, I suppose. But how insanely petty is that? Just paying someone in in greasy, greasy pennies. So that, that's bad, but um, I quite enjoy his reaction to this. Um, because obviously, you know, there's nothing he can do about it. If he wants the money, he's got to clean the money and then take the money to the bank. Um, he did a few hundred in an hour and a half. Which, my God, that's that's not fun. I was trying to peel chickpeas the other week. And that took about an hour. And I probably didn't do several hundred chickpeas in an hour. Oh. So, I, I, I don't want to clean oil off coins. But, um, he, he got called a weenie by his former boss. <laughs> which is ridiculous. That he's just slinging insults and going, oh, you're, so, you're such a weenie. What, what sort of an insult is that? Give him a you know, insult him properly, or shut up. Don't call him a weenie when you've paid him in oily coins. Not cool. Um, but much like me, actually, I feel like I can somewhat relate to these people. Um, his girlfriend's been helping him out, and because obviously it's a very, very boring process having to clean oil off ninety-one thousand five hundred coins. You got to take the excitement where you can find it. Like, like me. Um, listen to this quote. With that many pennies, we're bound to find a few treasures. I've already found one from 1937. So, in case you're wondering where, where in, you know, the pandemic and where in their coin cleaning they're at, they're getting excited about finding a coin from 1937.
the, the poor sods. So if you if you do leave a job, try and leave it on better terms than this guy, because otherwise you'll get a, a truckload of pennies left in your front garden. Not cool. Next on the show, what's going on? But first, this is Conan Gray in Overdrive. Conan Gray, Overdrive. This is Wizard Radio. Welcome to Saturday afternoon. It's Alec Feldman here. In about 15 minutes' time, I've got an exclusive for you. You know this this boat that is hilariously stuck on the Suez Canal? You know me. You know I always like to get to the centre of a story. I've done some digging. I've spoken to my contacts. I've booked an interview at 10 past 4 with the boat itself. I'm going to be talking to the boat that everyone is talking about that is stuck in the middle of the Suez Canal on this radio show at 10 past 4. You really don't want to miss that. Before that, though, let's start this week's edition of What's Going On? This is the radio feature that um, is very popular on boats that are stuck in canals. I don't know if that's true, but I'd like to think it is. So basically, I'm going to play you a clip that I found on the internet that's kind of weird and confusing. You know, if you look at it just without without the pictures, it doesn't really make sense. And I just want you to try and work out what is actually happening in said clip. You need to tell me what's going on. I play it to you a couple of times, and I just want your best guesses. They don't have to be correct, necessarily. You don't even have to try and make them correct. You just have to make them clever and funny and make sense if they make me laugh you're onto a winner basically and if you get it right in the process even better so let's have our first listen to today's clip and what's going on (laughs) so there's not a lot to go on this week so really you can let your imaginations run wild the things i've picked out from listening to that um there's there's some sort of constant hum in the background i don't know what that is but there is a constant noise that should be explained there's what sounds like two people maybe possibly more just having a chat uh, they all seem quite quite relaxed like they're having a nice time there's laughter um i don't know what language they're speaking either um, it's not English, I don't think. But what is actually what is happening? What was <laughs> I can't talk? What's happening? What's the explanation for all of those sounds that you just heard? If you think you can roughly work it out, then just drop me a message now and explain it. Be as creative as you'd like. Make me laugh, and I might read it out on the show before five o'clock. The number for that is oh seven eight oh seven one eight three five three eight. On Instagram and Twitter, we are at WizRadio, and on email, it's station at wizardradio.co.uk. What on earth is happening in this audio clip? <laughs> What's happening? 07807 183. 538 get your guesses in on this week's edition of what's going on and we'll read some out before 5 p.m coming up on the show in the next hour as well as my exclusive interview with the boat that is currently blocking the suez canal i know can't believe i've booked it either i would like to tell you about the world's worst parent plus manual skills i've got a 60 second guide too and next lady gaga and Joel Corey. But first, uh, approaching four o'clock, so let's get a news update. I, the voiceover guy, have been paid a small one-off fee to let you know that you're listening to Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Lady Gaga, Stupid Love, what a song. Came out about this time last year, I think. Before that, Joel Corey, Ray and David Getter with Bed. It's Alec Feldman, afternoon, are you okay? Mike Shinoda's coming up, Justin Bieber's new one as well. Before five o'clock, when Miles is on, we'll find out what's going on in What's Going On. But now, something very exciting. I have managed to secure the most famous person in the world right now. I don't know how I've done it. I've just tapped up loads of contacts. I've got a friend of a friend. I've got people's numbers. And I can now introduce to you, as my guest this afternoon, the boat that's stuck on the Suez Canal. Welcome to the show, Ever Given. Hello. Hi, Alec. 
Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. How, how are you? How are you feeling? Well, I'll be honest, Alec. I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed. Um, you know, obviously, with, with everything that's happened, I'm feeling quite trapped, quite claustrophobic here in the Suez Canal, especially when you're, you're a bit bigger like me. You know, I don't want to body shame anyone, but I am I'm quite a large boat. So it's, it's, it's tough being, being wedged in here. I'm, I'm not doing that well. Oh, man. Oh, ever given. I'm, I'm sorry to hear, but you are you are at the centre of a, a global media storm. I mean, how does that feel? Oh, you know, I just, I just never thought anything like this would happen. You know, I normally like to keep myself to myself, and all of a sudden, the world's media are all taking pictures of me and putting me on the telly. There are memes about me on the internet. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have, I have seen all the memes. Um, what, what do you think about the memes? Some of them are funny. But at the same time, you know, it's it's kind of it's upsetting that everyone's everyone's laughing at me. It just feels really weird. Oh man, yeah, yeah, I understand. So, um, so, so tell me, tell me how this happened. How did you get into such a situation? Well, I was, I was just you know sailing the seas as you do. I did a big, a big um, sort of double loop. And I kind of did a big loop and then I went down and back up again and I did another loop. I was just kind of trying to show off, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, a big cruise ship. I just want to show the other ships what I can do. But then, then it went badly wrong. I was trying to do another turn, a big handbrake turn just to, to really flex. And then all of a sudden, I did just, it just went wrong. I ended up losing all my momentum. I was the wrong way round. I couldn't get out again and I was just occupying the entire width of the Suez Canal. Yeah, I mean, so we've seen. So, so how long how long have you been there now? Uh, well, I've been there for for a few days. I am getting a bit a bit bored now. I've been there since Tuesday. It's now Saturday, and I just I just I just want to be free again. I want to get out. I've learned from my mistake, which was trying to do a handbrake turn in the middle of the Suez Canal, and now I would just like to be to be free again. Yeah, yeah, I completely understand that. So what is the first thing you will do once you're once you're out? Have you started thinking about that yet? Oh, it just feels so far away that I haven't properly been able to think about it. But, but I think I'll drop off all my cargo and then I'll just lay low, keep a low profile and keep out of everyone's way. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that sounds like a good plan. So obviously you're stuck there. There's lots of traffic. You've caused like a traffic jam in the Suez Canal. There's loads of boats piling up behind you. Um, are they quite angry? Are they seeing the funny side? What's it like being the cause of so many delays? Well, like I said, it's just hugely embarrassing. I, I'm just humiliated. Um, you know, I've had some quite mean things said to me by drivers of other boats. It's been really hurtful. They think that boats don't have feelings, but, but we do. And it, it really stings when people shout abuse and you know, honk their boat horns and, and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's it's been difficult and obviously I never meant to cause anyone any trouble. I don't want to hold up any global food supplies, but that's that's what's happening. I mean yeah, I was even reading about some uh, some some adult toys that were delayed because of because of well, you being stuck there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm sorry, I just wanna to say to everyone. I'm really sorry about what's happened. I'm not proud of it. I won't do it again. And I I just, I promise I'm better than this. I don't normally do this. This is the first time it's ever happened. And it'll be the last time. That is a very, very brave thing to say, Ever Given. Um, so thank you for coming on the show to say that. I really appreciate your honesty. And I'm just, I'm just sorry about the mess that you find yourself in. Um, have you been... Looking at all of the proposed solutions, though, that people are coming up with to get you out. Do you have a, a favourite option, for example? I I saw the guy with the, the very small crane, and, you know, I appreciate his efforts, but that's just not, not going to get me out. It's just stupid, isn't it? Um, but I did see someone that suggested tying lots of helium balloons to me, like in the movie Up, which is my favourite movie. And I think that would be quite fun. I've always wanted to fly. I've been stuck in water my whole life, and I think, you know, flying would be a really great experience for me. So... Hopefully one day I will be able to do that. Um, hopefully once I'm free, or maybe even to get free. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. That was one of my favourites as well. 
Well, listen, Evergiven, thank you so much for coming on the show today and, you know, putting the record straight, putting your side across. I hope you get free soon. And in the meantime, just sit back and enjoy enjoy the memes. Are there any songs that you'd like to hear? Um, no, not really. I'm a boat. Okay, well, this is just for you. It's Mike Shinoda and Happy Endings on Wizard Radio. Wizard Radio, and that was Mike Shinoda, Ian Dior, Upsalt, and Happy Endings. I'm calling, I've said this before, Ian Dior is the next Sean Paul, because he's just on, like, every song. Um, so I'm sure he'll he'll put that quote on his website or something. Hello, Salik here with uh, Justin Bieber coming up in a second. But I would like to talk to you about parenting. I don't have kids, obviously. I'm 21 years old. I have no desire for them at this point in my life. Um, and you almost certainly also don't have kids. So this might not necessarily apply, but I do... You know when you, like, you, you hate read things? You read something, even though you know that it's just going to make you a bit annoyed. Um, I did, I, I did this today. I do this fairly often. You know, you know those, like, I, I, I want to call them LinkedIn dads. I feel like that's a nice description for them. When you get dads, and maybe mums too, but I feel like it always is a dad when I see it, who are just intentionally really mean to their children. For the sake of proving some point about how, oh, the world's unfair, oh, the world's miserable, you get used to it, this is life, life sucks, deal with it. All that stuff, right? And you get parents who, for some reason, are just horrible to their kids to prove this point instead of being like, well, yeah, the world's horrible, but, you know, it's my job to protect my child and make them see the best and everything. They're just like, nah, I'm going to be mean to them. And this is supposedly good parenting. Um, and I've, I found another one. This is, this is a dad, of course it is, who has decided that in order to teach his kids a valuable lesson about, you know, how unfair the world is and how horrible the world is, um, and also encourage, you know, healthy competition to achieve goals, capitalism, he's decided he's going to pick a favourite child and openly give his favourite child preferential treatment. They'll get to go on their phones more often, they'll get to have their favourite meals whenever they want, they get to make more social plans. And those are the rewards you get by being the dad's favourite child. Therefore, the other children, I guess by extension, get denied those things. And and this is supposedly to prove a point that you can't always have things your own way. But get this, there's a, there's a ranking system. This man, this man ranks his own children. He has three. Imagine being so devoid of compassion for your own children that you're like, right, what I'm going to do, kids, is I'm going to come up with some criteria and analyse your performances at, at home and at school and, you know, your personalities, and I'll rank you in order of how much I like you. And if I like you, you get, you get special privileges, and if I don't, then you don't. I mean, how bonkers is that? And he changes these rankings every few months. So, it, I... I suppose that makes it not as bad because at least he's not picking one child over all the others forever you know it will it will change over time um but yeah every few months there's a new ranking of his three children I suppose there's like a big reveal um where he's like okay kids it's, it's the next quarter and let's go through all of your performances it's time for your appraisal and I'll let you know which of my children is my favorite for the next three months or something but I mean, <laughs> that's horrible that's really mean and he's like oh yeah you know those who have who have fallen down in the rankings they'll not have to work harder to get my approval back what are you insane why would you base your children's like lives upon this weird idea that they need to do things to get your approval what happened to like unconditional love or whatever it is that parents give this is, this is awful. I really hate this guy. You know what? I said that Pretty Patel's eyebrows were the worst thing in the world this week earlier on, if you were listening. But this guy is called David Goyen. And I think he, he might be up there. This might be the worst thing in the world this week. <laughs> Ranking your children. They are going to grow up and have such complexes. Not because, not even because it's one of those where like, oh, you know, I was, I was never the preferred child. It's not one of those, like, low-key things. He's literally telling them. That's not, that's not how humans work. That's not how families work. You're, you're a madman, essentially. 
and I pity your children, and um, I'm sure that one day, you know, they'll all probably grow to deeply resent him, but, you know, that, that day will come when it comes. So, shout out to the man who is probably the world's worst parent, because he, he literally has a ranking system to determine how much he likes his own children. Wow. Not cool. Right, coming up next, I had a really odd moment earlier today that I need to tell you about. But first, uh, Justin Bieber and Peaches. Justin Bieber, Daniel Caesar and Give On with Peaches on Wizard Radio. Alec Feldman here. Afternoon. Can I tell you an embarrassing story from today? I, I, I guess it's not embarrassing. It wasn't really embarrassing because no other people were involved. It's just embarrassing for me, and it was one of those weird life moments where I was like, "Oh my god, am I, am I old now?" But like this, this is, this is weird. This is not the kind of thing that normally happens to a twenty-one-year-old. I popped to Sainsbury's earlier on, and uh, you know, picked up a few things, went to the self-service checkout. You know, you know how supermarkets work. And the time came to pay, and I did my contactless card, and it rejected it. Now, that, that doesn't normally happen. I guess it does every now and again because they're like, oh, yeah, we want you to put your pin in. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll put my card, like, actually in and put my pin in. And I put my pin in and it was, like, pin incorrect. And I was like, oh. Oh, hang on. That wasn't that wasn't my pin. That was the code for the, the burglar alarm. So, okay, silly me. I'll put my pin in instead. Wait, what? What actually is my pin? And and I didn't work it out. I genuinely <laughs> still right. It, this was hours ago. This was like eight o'clock in the morning, maybe. So like so a long, a long eight hours ago, and I still can't actually remember what my pin is. Now this is what happens to old people. Old people forget their pin. You know. 21-year-olds are not supposed to forget their pin. That's just not a thing that happens. And so either I've got got some memory loss condition tragically early in my life, or more likely, I've forgotten it because of technology. And the fact that I have a contactless card means I haven't had to type in my pin for a while, and it's just it's just gone. It's gone from my head. I'm not sure I can even remember what numbers it involves. Um literally this is so weird because i don't really forget things you know it doesn't really happen i'm good at remembering passwords and remembering other codes and like my phone code i've always remembered but my pin i haven't typed it in in so long i have literally forgotten it and in the end what i had to do i was like oh let's let's set this off and do like contactless from my phone instead because i i genuinely have no idea anymore what my pin is and I feel really stupid admitting that because that's such a dumb thing to forget. And yet I, I've actually forgotten it. That's weird. That's really, I'm a bit spooked by it, but I think it is just because of technology. Because you just don't need to put it in when you've got contactless, especially now. Because we're in a pandemic, right? We're in lockdown. In the UK, in England at least, most of the shops are closed. So anything I've bought recently, other than like on contact with the supermarket, has been online. So you don't put your pin in, you put like your card number in your CVV. I remember all those numbers, they're all fine. Um, but I haven't had to type my pin for so long, it has now left my head. Which is what, does anybody know how you get how you get your pin back? Do you have to call the bank? Do you have to prove you're your, I don't know. This is a, a bit of a problem, I won't lie. Um, but I'll, I'll work on that at a later date. But it got me thinking, are there any other, like, skills that have been lost because of both, I guess, technology, the fact that we use it all the time, and, the, I guess, the fact that we're in a, a, a lockdown? My handwriting is nowhere near as good as it used to be, um, because I don't often handwrite anything anymore. So when I do, I'm like, oh, who's this scroll? How did you get a pen license with that? So that's, that's not great. Um, probably socialising, I'm probably a lot worse at think thanks to pandemic. So yeah, it's just weird thinking about all these skills that have just vanished. And also just quite worrying that I forgot my pin. So if you, have you had an experience sort of like this? Not necessarily forgetting your pin at the shops, because I feel like I'm about 80 saying that. But the idea that just because there's so much cool stuff that does things really easily, 
you've lost manual skills. It's just gone. You can't do it anymore because of because of technology, because of the pandemic, any of that kind of stuff. If there is, can you let me know right now? 07807-183-538 is the number. You can uh, email station at wizardradio.co.uk or on Instagram and Twitter. We are at wizradio. And also, uh, please do get in touch if you are some kind of hacker or bank fraudster that does know my pin. And if you could just remind me, that would be that would be really appreciated. Thanks very much. Coming up next, Destiny Rogers with a song called Tomboy. Destiny Rogers is, is quite new in the musical world. And so I'd like to introduce her to you right now. I've done some, some research, as I always do, because I, I love a bit of research. I've, I've found some facts about her. And I've just condensed them into one very helpful and completely accurate 60-second guide. So let's have that right now. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up 60-second guide. We all know the iconic Destiny's Child with their huge back catalogue of hits. But have you ever stopped to wonder who Destiny actually is? And why she was so lazy she didn't even give her child a proper name? Well, we finally know. The mother of Destiny's Child is Destiny Rogers who herself is a singer. Whilst Destiny's Child was big in the late 90s and early noughties, Destiny herself didn't begin a singing career until much later, despite being much older because she spent many years focusing on being a full-time parent, not only to Destiny's Child, but Destiny's other child, Destiny's female child, Destiny's accidental child, and Destiny's stepchild. Once they'd all left home and become independent, Destiny Rogers could focus on herself once more. She took advice from her her oldest child. She wrote some half-decent songs, actually, releasing the first at the age of 60. There are several Toms who are the rumours uh, of sub who's, who are rumoured to be the subject of this song, Tomboy, which include Tom Cruise, Tom Zanetti, and don't just book it, Thomas Cook it. Who knows? She hasn't confirmed any of them are true, and that is Destiny Rogers in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Come and join the fun from a safe distance. <coughs> Wizard Radio. I'm just like really stupid. <coughs> I'm sorry. I just took a massive glug of water and shortly before the end of that song, then I was like, oh no, the song's ending. I better swallow it quickly. And, um, <coughs> so dumb. In the process of swallowing, sort of choked myself. So I'm really sorry. That is really unprofessional. And do a leaper, and we're good on Wizard Radio. Destiny Rogers and Coil Array with Tomboy before that. I think it's all gone now. Yeah, <sighs> we're, we're, we're all right. <laughs> I was talking before about skills that, through technology, pandemic, or both, have just kind of evaporated. I've apparently forgotten how to drink liquids properly, and also I forgot forgot my own pin at the shops. I still don't know it. So this. Both of those things combined do make it sound a little bit like I've I've suddenly become like 80 years old, which is which is worrying. I'll keep you updated in my premature aging process um, as it happens. But I just I wanted to know what what skills you've just you've got you've lost. And uh, Sammy says, "Tell me, how am I meant to greet someone when I see them for the first time in ages? I realised I lost all of my social skills." When I went back to school a couple of weeks ago, like, what am I meant to do? We can't hug, we can't spud, we can't handshake. I refuse on principle to elbow because it's just so awkward. I was also sat in the lunch hall on the first day back, and I was just so overwhelmed by everyone walking around with me. Lockdown has gotten rid of all of my social skills. I feel like I should go back to nursery and just slowly get welcomed back into the world again. You know what, Sammy? This, this is not just you. You are not alone on this. I am also genuinely slightly worried about what the world is going to look like in sort of the next six months because all, it's just all going to come back, isn't it? Or possibly, hopefully. And I don't know how I'll find it because now I've got it so like ingrained into my psyche that we should avoid crowds and be fearful of them and not go to mass gatherings because of the risk of spreading a virus. And now if they're like, oh no, it's, it's cool again, you can do that. I'm going to find that so weird and jarring. I've really... It's going to take a long time to, like, uncondition my brain for living through a pandemic. So I do relate to you on that one, Sammy. But yeah, greeting people. I haven't had to greet anyone new for ages. Meeting new people. I haven't done that for a long time. So, yeah, these these will be lost skills for sure. 
and then Ollie has been on as well, says OMG, Alec, a pen license, I mentioned that my handwriting has deteriorated and I don't know how I ever got a pen license and Ollie says I remember when I had to do a whole exam in primary school just to be allowed to make the switch from pencil to pen, that was madness, who did they think they were? My handwriting's definitely gone downhill due to lockdown. All of my schoolwork has been on Zoom. So I haven't had to write in like an uh, exercise book for ages. The other thing I've forgotten. How do you put a card in a card machine? I used to be so seamless and smooth when I put my card in. And now it takes like three attempts um, before I can actually put it in the hole. Which is why uh, my aim is so off now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know why it takes you so long to to get it. Uh, in Ollie, I, I'm not qualified really to give any advice on that. As for your handwriting, though, yeah, it's like I I don't know what's happened. Has the muscle memory just gone for how how we write? Could I could I write the way I used to write when I was at school, even if I wanted to, or would I find it impossible now? You know what else? Speaking of handwriting, you know what else? I always wondered. You can tell a child's writing from a grown-up's, but I, I don't understand why. What, like, why can grown-ups write in a certain way that a child just can't replicate? Like, it's it's quicker, it's sort of messier, it's more distinctive. Whereas, like, when I was a child, I, it looked like a child's writing. Even though it was really neat, it still looked like a child. I don't, I don't understand. Handwriting is weird. Uh, Rachel says, me and, my, me and some of my friends were freaking out about this lost skills thing this week. What do you do in a cinema? The idea of just sitting in like a cold chair with a sticky floor for two hours watching a screen. What are you meant to do if you want a snack? What do you mean I can't pause it? Are we just meant to sit still? What about snuggling under a blanket? It feels so weird to me that we just sit there in front of a screen staying still for two hours. <clears throat> oh, Rachel, no, don't don't hate on cinemas. I love the cinema. I love the, the sticky floors. I was talking about this the other week. I really enjoy the fact that the, the well, I don't enjoy it, but you know, it's just a, a thing. A distinctive thing about the cinema that I miss, you know, the smells, the slightly uncomfy chairs, the ambiguity about who owns the armrest, all of those things, accidentally bumping knees with a stranger, people copping off at the back, all of that is what makes the cinema experience unique, you know, so what that you can't pause it, so what that you can't just leave and get a snack, bring your own, smuggle them in under your clothes. You know, there's so much, so much that brings me joy about going to the cinema. I'm so sad that you're you're almost going. Cinemas are rubbish. Why do we ever go to them? No, they're they're good. They're fun. I don't. I can't quite express why I like them. I just think they're fun. Um, but cinema etiquette will have to be relearned. I think can't just wander off in the middle. And uh, Alice <clears throat> has messaged me as well saying I've been panicking because of lunchtime at school. Now I am back at school. What if my school canteen doesn't have what I want to eat for lunch? What do you mean I can't just make the sandwich that I want? It feels so weird to not just be able to walk into a kitchen, make myself some lunch, and then eat it. Like when the lockdown started, I found it really weird having to make my own lunch, but now I'm so used to it. I don't like other people deciding what I'm going to have for lunch every day. I, I kind of know what you mean, but assuming there are multiple options at your school canteen, there, will, there must be something you like, isn't there? Alternatively, I mean, this might be a radical suggestion. What if you got a packed lunch? Is that is that completely out there as an idea? I'm just, I'm just saying, it might work. You could do that. But rest assured, even if you're not at school, you don't always get to choose what you have for lunch purely because you run out of stuff and you're like, oh, I can't wait to have, have like a tuna bagel. And then you're like, oh, wait, I've got no tuna. Or bagels. How, how disappointing. So... You know, it's it's not always sunshine and roses when you get to make your own lunch, is what I'm trying to say. A valuable lesson. But yeah, lots of lost skills. But so far, nobody else prematurely turning into an 80-year-old. So I'm, I'm just going to get onto the bank and ask them if I can reset my, my pin, because, because otherwise this could be a problem. In the meantime, let's get this one from KSI Youngblood Polo G. This is Patience on Wizard Radio. I really enjoy Youngblood. I think he's great. That's KSI and Patience. Youngblood's on that. So is Polo G. It's Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio playing Maisie Peters before I disappear. And then Miles will be on. It's his turn to do the radio soon. But first, I just need to tie up all the loose ends of the show and tell you 
What's going on? So before four o'clock, I played you a clip without any context whatsoever. Just like, here is a sound of something that is happening. There's an accompanying video. You don't get to know what it is. What is happening here? What's your best guess? What do you think it is? And um, it was, well, I'll, I'll play it to you again. I don't know why I was going to describe it. So that's what we had. There's some some weird constant background noise. There's some people conversing in a language I don't speak. And they seem to be having a nice time by the sounds of it. But why? What's going on? I have your guesses here. Let's go through them and see if anyone's right. Beth thinks it's two friends cleaning a garden patio. I don't know why you'd pick this clip out, like it's, it's really boring, but it literally just sounds like two friends having a chat with one another with a hose in the garden, spraying the patio to clean it. The friends are probably older guys in their 40, basically dads. Do you really think I'd pick something that boring? This one, I'll be honest, this one's a bit of a, a catfish, I suppose. It's a bit sneaky, it's a bit misleading, because the audio doesn't quite convey the gravity of the situation I would say um, but it's it's more exciting than two 40 year old dads cleaning their patios I will tell you that somewhat more exciting age wise I mean maybe the only thing you might have right is that the two people chatting could be dads in their 40s I I don't actually know that information but, you know, you might be right on that front, but it's not just two people hosing down a patio. That would be really boring. Um, <laughs> so you are incorrect. But thanks for getting involved, Beth. Max says, in the clip, I heard some laughter. Two guys laughing in a slightly evil way. I think these two guys are actually spies. Okay. They're talking about something very secretive, which is why they're talking near something very noisy. So we can hardly hear them. And obviously they're speaking a foreign language as well, which is on purpose. Also, so we can't understand them. But the camera was there, hidden. So we just need to translate what they're saying, and then we'll know who and what they're spying on. Max there alleging a, a grand conspiracy. Here's the thing with, with this suggestion. Is that really something that happens with spies? Will they have a conversation in a really loud place to get drowned out? Surely that's asking for trouble. I don't really ever go to clubs because I think they're horrible. But when I have been in a club, on the rare occasions that I have been, they're impossible to have a conversation in. You cannot impart any important information in a club. And you're telling me that the international spying industry is powered by conversations in loud places where no one can actually hear each other. Simply don't believe you. That would be too impractical to end up taking out the wrong guy or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's a very good idea. Um, another part of this suggestion from Max that um, doesn't quite make sense is the idea that they're speaking in a foreign language so nobody understands what they're saying. Um, I mean, it, <laughs> it's a foreign language to us, but to them that might just be the language they speak. Um, I, I don't know if they're being like, oh, let's speak a different language to confuse them. I, I would imagine this was just filmed in another country where that's the language that they speak. And they're not <laughs> they're not trying to disguise anything. Um, so all in all, Max is way off the mark because I don't think they're spies. I know that well they could no th no that's silly. They're not spies. They are definitely not spies. Reese has been on. He says this is a bit niche for me. I think the humming noise is actually bees buzzing. I've been getting loads of videos on my like recommended page on TikTok recently of beekeepers, which is really random. But I think this is two guys trying to move a beehive safely from one area to another. I don't uh, know what any of the equipment is called, but they need to get the queen bee in like a clip and move it to the new hive so that all of the other bees follow her. Reese, I didn't realise TikTok was so educational, but you are displaying a really impressive knowledge of beekeeping there that I didn't think anybody had. And you know what? You know what, Reese? You know what? I'll tell you what. You're not wrong. You're not. You're not quite right, but you are correct that the humming noise is bees. That is the correct sort of answer. 
the humming noise in that clip, they are bees, they're buzzing, and one of them is a beekeeper, but he's not trying to move from one place to another. Um, it's, it's slightly weirder than that. This is a man, a beekeeper, who has lots of bees, and he's just shoving them by the fistful down his shirt. I don't know why he's doing this. He seems to enjoy it. He's, he's immune to bee stings because he's been stung so many times, apparently. And so he's literally just putting bees down his shirt, which is madness. I have no idea why you would do that, even if you were immune to bee stings. But that's what's happening. It's a man putting putting some bees down his shirt, hundreds of them. It's it's weird to watch, but that's what's happening. So well done to Reese, who actually was sort of right on what's going on today, which never happens. So well done to you. And on that, I think I'm so shocked that someone almost got what's going on right that I'm just going to go. This is it. I'm done. Um, I'll, I'll be back next week, obviously. But for this show, there will be no more. Thank you for listening. Happy Passover if you're celebrating as well. Have a lovely week. I'm going to be back on on Friday with the weekly mixtape. And then Saturday, 3 till 5. Let's do it all again next week. Have a good one. Miles is up next after Maisie Peters and John Hughes movie. There goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun.